Hello and welcome to Rehearse the Truth, a podcast where we equip and empower believers in the arts to prophetically and creatively broadcast God's light into the darkness and reclaim the arts for the kingdom. Hello and welcome back. This is Craig and I'm here with Amy and Derek, or as I like to call them, D-Rick. And Cassie, again, we have her virtually. Say hello, Cassie. That was a thumbs up. Oh, I was like, (laughs) she's not (laughs) We are so happy to be here again with you all today. And um, we're just going to jump right in. Oh, first, I almost forgot. The most, probably one of the most important things to start out the episode with um, is a game. Like, and so uh, I'm going to I'm going to ask a random person. I would ask myself this, but I feel like that'd be cheating. So um <laughs> I'm going to go to Who am I going to go to? I'm going to go to Cassie. Ah! I'm ready. What is one weird food combo others mm. don't usually do but you love to? That's a good question. Mm. It is. I wonder who made it up. <laughs> I can't take credit. <laughs> it's just on this oh, Word document yeah. right here. <laughs> mm, a weird food combo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Derek's like really thinking as if he's going to answer. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to hear. So this this is kind of funny because I ate this for lunch today. Um but I made myself an acai smoothie bowl mm-hmm. at home because they big expensive when you buy them. So I like made a smoothie with like strawberries and bananas and almond milk and all the good things. And then I didn't like, I didn't think that this would be good, but I put granola and then blueberries and peanut butter on top. So the blueberries and peanut butter I thought oh. was going to be bad. It actually is so good. I bet it had that like salty sweet kind of thing going on. I yeah, I think that's really yeah. weird. Sounds pretty okay. good. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, then I guess I'm not well you know, out there. I don't know that I would really like throw blueberries in a peanut butter jar and that's, eat it that Yeah, way, that's valid. That's valid. Um, they're, yeah. they're good together. So that's what I got. I bet it was the balance of everything else. Derek, did you have one? <laughs> you had like this yeah, something well, working. Yeah. Do you want to share with the class? Yeah. <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> growing up... Uh, <laughs> And I was a weird kid when it came to some foods. I was really picky, but um, I used to love saltines and ice cream. That's not weird. That's exactly what we did when we were little. Yeah, my dad would literally crunch them up. It was the best Amazing. Nice. Wow. Love it. Bringing people together. Welcome to Rehearse the Truth. It's even better if you add like caramel. Just saying. Okay. Caramel and saltines and well, but I sounds good. Saltines are basically it's salt. Kind of like a frosty yeah. with fries. Like what, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely that salty sweet thing. Also vanilla I frosty. Just, I just, I just wouldn't. I don't normally. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have thought. I don't think to crunch up saltines specifically. I didn't crunch them up. I like just dipped it well, or took the spoon and okay. put it on my saltine. And would you use like this a little saltine um, as a spoon? You can a little mm-hmm. ice cream. You can bruschetta. <laughs> That is also an option. (laughs) Many things to do. There you go. Wow. Hope you all learned something from that today. That's the episode. Go try it. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Okay. Well, today we're going to be diving into um, this episode, I'm sure as you saw, is called What You're Worshipping. We're going to be talking about what you are worshipping. What is it 
that that's referring to, you may ask. Um, it's a lovely word called idolatry. So, I feel like, you know, in those older scary movies when there would like somebody would like the the bad guy would like come out of the shower curtain or come out. It'd be like, like this really obnoxious high pitched scream or something. That's what I felt yeah, like. Yeah, every time we 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 announce the topic we're talking about that no <laughs> nobody wants to talk about, it's just that noise. <laughs> yes. So I think I think it's really important that we kind of dive into this, you know, because as artists, no matter what form of art that you participate in or art that you're a part of, whether that's painting or acting or singing or you know whatever it may be, uh, I think it's naturally a tendency in this, in the culture of the arts to, to focus on, um, the, the artist to focus on us ourselves, you know, because we pour so much into the arts. It's so personal that it's natural in a way to, to try to put ourselves at the forefront and to try to, in a way, idolize our craft, um, because it's so, again, it's so personal. And so we try to put our craft and and the art that we, that we do as such an importance in our life. And I think what's Mm -hmm. important to to note about idolatry and about idols in our life is to kind of say up front that like an idol is something that you place as more important or put more emphasis on or, or spend more time focusing on or, or, or talking about or doing above your time with God and above your relationship with God, you know? And so if you, if you spend, you know, all of your day playing video games and you're neglecting, your, your work responsibilities, you know, and, and your time with God and like all these other things, then video games are clearly an idol in your life because you're placing them up on a pedestal of like priority that's above time with God and even your own responsibilities in life that God has called you. He's called you to be a good steward of your time and, and to, to be a person who, if, if you are employed by someone, then there, there's a something that like, those are responsibilities that you're called to, that you're called to respect and honor and steward. And so if you're placing like video games above all of that stuff, that's an idol in your life and you're, yeah. and you're worshiping it in a way you're, you're praising it for, for mm-hmm. the things that it's giving you the enjoyment or the satisfaction or whatever it may be that you think it's giving you. Yeah. That so. kind of leads into like why I feel like I can speak to it from a perspective of like totally, totally played the game and totally um, abused the gifting in which I had, which was artistry and, it became, um, I became a devoted servant to the craft and more so like not even a servant, but a slave to the craft. And because I had constantly like in theater and dance and just a lot of the different forms of art that I've been a part of, it was constantly like this nitpicking category of like, you're not, you're not thin enough, Amy. You're too tall. You're not like this. You're not that you like are literally like, I remember being in high school and I would, I mean, like I was not a typical looking, like people just were like, you're going to be incredible for like these like older roles. But being a high schooler, it was like way difficult because I didn't have the, the body image that would like fit the mold in which, and I remember like giving myself to like, I mean, I remember like going and busting my butt to like try to become a certain size in order to to feed to to like fit the demand of whatever it was that I was going after and to the point where like I thought I was going like I was trying to achieve something but in return I was idolizing 
this mm-hmm. world so much in validation of like wanting to be seen, wanting to be known, yeah. wanting to be loved. And be, before I knew it, it became so habitual that I didn't even see it as an idol anymore. I didn't even know that I was in the middle of like being a slave to it um, until it all got stripped away. And so then I was left in a place of desperation and it was as if I was looking in the mirror, the very like thing that I would nitpick and the Lord had to like reinstill in my life truth that allowed me to come into agreement with like who that girl was in the mirror. And I remember when the Lord like took everything away from me and was like, I just want you. And I was like, Mm. wait, what? Like, I don't want me. And he was like, but I knitted, I formed that. And like, all of these things, like it can be such a cool tool to be able to find me in the midst of it. But when it becomes more important than me, then I don't want any part of it, Amy. Like, I don't want you to be in that. And so then it was just like this radical mind shift of having to be like, really live out that John 10, 10 of the fact of like, may I decrease so that he increase. And So yeah, so like speaking to that, I just know that like as we go into this, um, into this topic that you may not see yourself as like having a problem, um, but I would encourage you to like be very, um, be very sensitive to the still small voice of Holy Spirit right now to be able to uproot something that maybe he, he needs out of your life because it's not bringing life. And like, he only brings life. He doesn't bring death. And when I was teaming up with all of those things in search of devoting myself to wanting to like become this, that, and that, and all the things and get better and, and try harder and all the things that like, again, this world just like, it's natural. Like it's living Mm -hmm. from the training to the technique to the, you name it. Go ahead, Cassie. I see you like, you're like, yeah. Um, crossing my fingers. Yeah, girl. Um, yeah, I think even what you're saying, like I could so easily fall into the category of not thinking I have a problem with this because I do worship Jesus, but Mm -hmm. you can absolutely worship Jesus, um, and worship other things at the same time, uh, and not, not realize that. Um, and so I think an important question that the Lord has asked me and challenged me with is just the question of time, kind of going back to what Craig was talking about earlier. And, um, not only the arts industry, but our world today is so about how committed are you? Yeah. And like, even, I feel like even right now, I'm like thinking through that phrase mm-hmm. and, and I don't even want to be so committed to my craft that I lose my commitment Come on. to being a Christ follower. So good. And so when we're asked, how committed are you? How devoted are you? How much of yourself are you willing to give? Mm. I think, I think I, I find myself needing to continually sit with the father and say, uh, and like ask, uh, let him really ask me, what are you giving your time to? Mm-hmm. Um, cause I can be so dismissive and say, well, you know, and, and there's, there's a level of truth in the fact that if, that, that if I am going to rehearsal or, um, you know, uh, or devoting my time to the fact that I'm studying theater in college right now and paying thousands of dollars to do that. Like that is, that is service to God that is developing the craft that he's given me. Um, and so there's truth in that, but I can't dismiss the fact that, that, that I need to make sure that my time 
is not all going to that. And I lose my, my commitment and my connection with the creator himself who's allowing me to do all of those things. So I think time is a good question to ask yourself if you want to know if you're worshiping something that should not be on the throne of your heart. And very like practical. Yeah, exactly. But to like really assess your schedule right now and just to look and like even see if like, (laughs) I remember like this has nothing to do with art, but I don't know why God's bringing it to mind. But I remember just like, I'm going to speak to it because it kind of showed the priorities of it. But like Mm -hmm. I was doing uh, my budget and I remember like my budget had the offering in the midst of it, but like the budget was like in the middle of it. And the Lord was like, girl, you best get that to the top. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I didn't even think about it. But like my tithe was like not my priority. And if anything, that should have been my first your first fruits. Exactly. And so like for this, it's the same thing where it's like, do you even have him in your day or is it like not even a thing? Is it like a, well, we'll see. I mean, he's there on Sunday. Um, Just, yeah, that was like something that was like being brought to the forefront. And so it's Mm -hmm. like very convicting on my part because I can realize that like how much he says, like I'm the daily bread and it's, practical for us to get the truth every single day into our into our day like we have to have it in order especially because now we know what we're up against within the mission field of where he has called us to be and so like if he's not present in that (laughs) then there's no way that you can go and reclaim what are you reclaiming like are you reclaiming your own time or are you reclaiming like that which he says is his um, so yeah, that's really good. Um, you got something? I was just thinking like, as y'all were talking, um, you too. there was, you know, there was something that took me to, um, when it comes to like acting and when it comes to the arts, like there's so much of this award base mm-hmm. and when it comes to like film acting and theater acting mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think it's just really interesting that a lot of the things that when it comes to like, I- I'm just going to use film for example, but when it comes to film, like each year there's like an actual like awards season, you know, and it's giving out these awards of people based on that's quote their merit. But really it's just, it's just praising people for like, and it, and it's all biased, you know, it's all based on like who wants who to win, you know? And, and so really it just comes down to like a popularity contest and all these things. But it's just so interesting that the awards that are given, these trophies that are given are basically like gold plated awards and what were the idols made of in the bible gold a lot of them were fashioned into gold fashioned to you know uh, a a calf or whatever it may be and so like i'm i was like looking up at like you know the oscars you know it's it's just funny it's just so funny that it's like you know, it's like, it says 13 and a half inches tall, weighing eight and a half pounds. And it's like all this stuff. And I'm like, that sounds like I'm reading something from the Bible about how they made these idols and different things like that. Yeah. Like about Exodus. all these things, yeah. you know, and it's like, and it's fashion and they, and they, and we put it and we take these Oscars and it's like, how many can we, how many can we like acquire? And then what do they do with them? They put them up on shelves and they like enshrine them in these like clear cases, or they put them up on shelves and like and display them for all the world to see. And like, that's what becomes their like crowning glory. That's becomes what, what sets these people apart as like gods themselves. You know, it's like how many Oscars and how many awards do they have? Like, so we're not only worshiping these little idols, literally these little idols, but then we're also like, 
praising and like treating these people who have these these yeah. numerous amount of awards as like these godlike figures themselves of like oh nobody can touch them because you know that's like the, it becomes like a doctor it's like a doctor's comma like all these initials you're like oh they are big time yeah. well then actors they're they're Talk leveled by it. like how great of an actor they are by how many oscars or awards or whatever that they have to their name and that becomes their like they're like <laughs> their business card. It's like, it, it's not anything else. It's like how many awards you have. And like, right. that's how great that they are, you know, much like yeah. treat a resume. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes. Just a quick tag to that, that I was thinking about earlier, but it, it goes exactly with what you're saying. Like it's, it's, it's so sad to realize that, that if I start worshiping my craft, mm-hmm. that really means if I'm like, if I'm worshiping my craft enough, people will start worshiping me mm. for my craft. So it just becomes this cyclical thing. Yeah. And that's just, that's just the way that the, that the world is structured. Yeah. It brings me to the, um, I was looking at some stuff earlier and the sin of idolatry or worshiping other gods is in violation of the law of God. As a matter of fact, it breaks the first two of the 10 commandments. It is important to remember that disobedience is the original sin and therefore encompasses all sin. I am, I am the Lord, thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, hear that out of the house of bondage, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, Exodus 22 through four. And so I think that kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. And I think that this is why God was kind of like bringing that like budget side of stuff, because in first Corinthians 10, 31 through 33, it says, whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God and make your not, um, make sure you're not offending Jews or Greeks or any part of God's assembly. That's talking to the fact of like God's church over your personal preferences. So like the body of Christ, make sure you're not offending the body of Christ, NBD, follow my example, for I try to please everyone in all things rather than putting my liberty first, woof, rather than putting my liberty first, I sincerely attempt to do anything I can so that others may be saved. I think that this is that, like, what we're all after is the fact of, like, when you become no, you're no longer like when you become, um, when you become saved, you are no longer a, like you are no longer a slave to sin. You're a servant of Christ. And so like, how are you helping the body of Christ within the art form of what you're doing? And it's so imperative for us to be so like, there's such a fine, fine line of how much we can like easily get to the place of idolization. Like mm-hmm. no joke. It's like a daily choice and almost like a daily check in to like make sure that your heart is pure and right. Because I'm not saying that you have to fear the craft in which he has called you to be in. Um, but I also think that there's a level of like within the church that we have lacked the understanding of what it means to fear God, to fear the very reverence of his name. And so we just are like, casual about it but it's like we've got to come out of that and like start to truly understand that like he's the king like he's the king and so like it's a big (laughs) deal for us to like come back into that understanding yeah you got some can i ask you guys a question please okay um 
So I'm kind of curious because obviously our walks have been a little bit different, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I'll, I certainly have to evaluate and deal with my own um, forms of, of priorities and, and that can draw into idolatry very easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of my like heavy idolatry, um, just having a younger walk with the Lord was before and understanding that stark contrast to being very deep in the world and being pulled out of that darkness. Yeah. But from your perspective, um, knowing, knowing Jesus a lot longer, what are some of like the practical um, implications of, of a like, for example, like not spending that time, right? Like you're having to go back daily and give it to him. Yeah. Right. There's that security. There's that comfort in Christ, and we can grow and be comf- like comfortable, almost get comfortable within Him. Yeah. Like the things that just stir on my mind. The two main things are one, the fruit of the Spirit. You're not necessarily experiencing that that love, that joy, that peace, patience, and so on. Or two, kind of purpose. You kind of ultimately maybe felt like you you lost your sense of purpose. Um, in following God's will. So I'm just kind of curious on some of those like practical examples of what happens when you're not, you're not doing that. You're not surrendering and not going back and, and, you know, you choose to instead put your time into this craft over here versus, you know, that, that place of full surrender. Does that make sense? No, that's good. So you're asking based off of like, what do I practically do to try to stay in a place of servanthood versus... Yes, but also like based on your guys' testimonies, which are really interesting to me, what were some of those indicators maybe that you felt... um, Go ahead. I have an answer. Yeah. Yeah, just like kind of a different um, implication of idolatry than time um, is affirmation (laughs) for me, uh, in particular. And so, um, I think particularly in high school, I can think of a lot of moments, um, where I identified as, as a theater artist. And that was like, that was who I was within the high school. That was who I was within my friend group. Um, more importantly than anything else, that was my identity. That's where I found like a, you know, like you were saying, Derek, a sense of like purpose. And then that, um, led further and further down the road of me looking to, um, my performance ability, my directors, mm-hmm. um, my castmates, the audience who came mm-hmm. to see the shows, um, even what Craig was saying, awards given based on performance. Like I knew I was worshiping my craft when I, uh, when I found myself lacking all of that affirmation And I actually finally turned to Jesus and was like, oh, shoot, it's in you. It's not in any of these things. And I and I've put so much stock in and listened um, for my affirmation from a million places other than the still small voice of you whispering that you're proud of me, like regardless of any of that. 
because that's not ultimately who I am. That's what you gave me to be who I am, which is a child of God. Yeah. I can think of an instance where, um, and I'm, I'm like taken back and I wish he was here, but I also feel like we have another person on our team. He like kind of is in the shadows occasionally, but, um, Aaron and I like shout out Aaron. Um, but there was a, there's a time where like, I got to kind of like walk with him through a season of, um, of desolation where I connected to him only because I had lived out of that place of like everything left. And when everything was taken away, quote unquote, that like I put like what she was talking about, like I put my stock in when like there was none of it around, then I was like, uh oh, like I wasn't content. And so like, I didn't know what it was to be content in him. And that was like a true wake up call for me to be like, wow, if all of this were to like, because he prompt, like he, he says in his word, I will give and I will take away. And like, I never understood it until like, he was like, girl, I'm going to show you how this means. (laughs) And like, then when it went away, it was like, wow. Okay. That like really shook me to the core. It was like, so needed though, because then I got to be able to come back into, um, a place of abide. And that's why even now, if we're going to speak on a practical side of how we kind of like how I kind of stay away from like, cause you have to understand once you've abused the gift. Um, I never thought, and we've had discussions together before, um, where I was like, I never thought that I would able, would able to have the platform again. Mm-hmm. I never thought that I would be able to go back on a stage back. Like I should not be behind this mic right now. No. Um, because I was like the worst and, um, and I'm aware of that. Like I, and I think it's so good to be reminded and to like keep my spirit in check constantly based off of like, it's just, yeah, it's like so important. But on that side of stuff, I know that, and you guys probably can attest to this because I say it often, but it's like my, I, I create these little phrases to really, mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, this is a place and a posture where I have to constantly come back into a place of like, I always say that there's a level of entrustment, um, because he has entrusted me to be able to come into agreement with what it is that he has had a calling on my life. Mm-hmm. Like the enemy totally meant the idolatry for evil, but God is such a good God that he allows for me to still use the gifting, but I had to get to know him in order to understand yeah. how to step back into the platform. Mm-hmm. And I remember, st- and, and we've kind of alluded to it in the first season, but there was a phrase that I lived by when I was still like somewhat healthy before it became like really like dun 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 um it was bad where it went like downhill real quick but i i always come back to the audience of one like i constantly have to stand in a place to be like god i'm not doing this for the people in the audience i'm not yeah. doing this for anybody but like even now in this season having to write every time i have to sit down like if i don't sit down and if i don't like readjust in a way like if i just sit down and open my computer just as like a human being oh my gosh, there's no fruit in it. But if I like literally open my computer and I take a deep breath in and I take a deep breath out and I offer my body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord, then, and I say, God, like this is your time to write. This is your time to create. It changes everything for that day versus nothing. And so like there is freedom, but there's also like a check that needs to happen. And I think we don't check often enough. Amy, just something I was thinking about that I remember when you're talking about that place of desolation, something that I remember you saying was, was 
Jesus looked you in the face and said, Amy, if I took everything else away, would I still be enough for you? Uh, And I remember being so convicted by that and thinking, like, honestly, like, listeners ask, let him ask you that in this moment. If he took everything else away, the opportunities, the relationships, the people, the applause, the resume, if he took all of it away, would he be enough for you? And like, it makes me think of, of a quote that I read in a book yesterday, um, where it was, it was questioning like your motive behind why you create. And it was like, if you were the last person left on earth, would you even still be doing it? Mm. Like, do you love it? Do you Mm. love it to do it? Do you love it to give it back to the creator? Or do you just love it because people are watching you? Um, and I think think that's how you know why you're doing what you do. Yeah. And I, and in the beginning, my purpose, when I was in that place of abuse, of the craft, it was my purpose. Now I step into it and it's his purpose. Mm. Like that's why Mm. I can't team up with certain stuff that truly does not have his name involved into it because I know that if I team up with enough, I know where it's gotten me once. Why would it not get me there again? And so like, no, like (laughs) I can't do it. And that's why it's so important right now that we – we get a hold of platforms that really are projecting something that is of good news. And I know that we're drilling it in this season, but it's like, again, it's because there's a lack of. And so like we're praying and we're in expectation that God is arising for, for artists around the, the world right now to come back into a place of like so fearing of his namesake that they create out of a place of his purpose, his heart and his mission. You got something? Well, I just was sitting here listening to y'all and, excuse me, and um, this phrase, just I feel like the Holy Spirit put this phrase in my head and I was like, I feel like I've, you know, we hear the you are what you eat, but Mm -hmm. I felt like I heard in the phrase that you are what you worship. And so I was like looking into it and I was like, what does that come from and where is that? And I don't don't know if this is specifically what what it's from, but like, I don't know who this person is or I haven't heard this book before, but I thought it was, I clicked on it and it was, I felt like it was so relevant to what we're talking about to really like put a cap and like really like draw things together about idolatry and what we're worshiping and everything like that. So apparently there's this book out called we become what we worship. And this, this line, this, the summation of what this book is about um, is summed up in this. It says what people revere, they resemble either for ruin or for restoration. Mm. And I think what we worship, if it's not coming from the source, which is God, Mm. then all we're doing is we're is we're ruining ourselves because we become what we worship, and so um, if if we're worshiping, if you, the the devil keeps coming to mind, you know, he was said mm-hmm. to be the most beautiful in, in, in heaven. You know, he was created for worship, but the right worship, worship of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But it says when he was cast down, he was made hideous, and he was like no longer the most beautiful, so to speak. Like it was just he began to worship himself and idolize what he felt was like his glory. He felt he should receive the glory. So therefore he was like, I should be the God. I should be worshiped. I should be revered. And in doing that, it ate, it just destroyed his looks. It made him just vile. And, and it, it, I mean, he's described as like a serpent and like all of these things. And he was just cast down and separated from God to this place of desolation and, and, and ultimately death because all, because he turned his worship from, the true source of which is God to himself 
and his glory and getting what he felt like he deserved. And I think that's what a lot of times we turn to things like our art or, or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be as sources of what we think is supposed to be restoration, right? Things that we think are supposed to be good things, but ultimately we're turning into this place of like, you know, I, I, I very rarely can, I can't think of many people that I've met who are, who are kind and humble and, and so sweet who all they do is are filled with pride and think about themselves and they worship money. You know, it says like, you know, what is it? Money is root. The uh, love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. You know, people who worship and idolize money, very rarely are they like, very rarely are they like kind people because all that they focus on is, is money. Yeah. Did you mm-hmm. have something? Uh, Castos. Yeah. I just have, yeah, I just have a verse uh, to go exactly with what you're saying about. We become what we worship. Mm-hmm. Um, it's second Corinthians three eighteen in the NIV and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image mm-hmm. with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Yeah. And I think that's such an encouragement that when, when we, when we with unveiled face contemplate the Lord's glory, when we look at him, we're being transformed into his image. Yeah. I don't want to look at celebrities and transform into their image. Some of them celebrities. I want to look at Jesus. Yeah. Like I want to look at Jesus and become more like him. So good. Cassie, that like leads me into like what God was showing me. Um, again, good, good quiet time sesh this morning. Praise him because it all is like flowing. And then at the moment I was like, why are we going here? Now I know. Um, but Genesis 18 to, um, or just 18, there's like, um, I was asking God, like there was a level of what you were talking about. We keep bringing up the word worship and like in the Christian mm-hmm. realm and even to the going back to our founding verse, like we always are saying like worship, worship. Well, for me, I was asking the father, like, what does that mean? Like, and, and how did that come about? And so yeah. like the Hebrew word is manak. I could be saying that wrong, so I'm so sorry. Um, to the Lord, that word means gift, offering, present, mm-hmm. tribute, and it's a sacrifice. When it's like first mentioned, there's a level of um, in Genesis 18 where Abraham's in the desert and his three persons, and Abraham recognized his God. And in an instance, in the King James version, it translates the word more literally. It says Abraham ran to meet them and welcomed them, bowing low to the ground. And I just was like, wow, it means to literally bow low and to like, we have a phrase that like Craig, Craig brought into the group and we all say all the time, like go lower still. And the fact of the matter is like, you have to go low. So then he can go like wit to the place of where he's supposed to be that he always Mm -hmm. is. And if you're not in that posture, then Mm -hmm. we have a problem. And so it kind of alludes to the fact of like, when, when there's a verse, I'm wanting to say that, I want to say it's John 4, 21 through 24. I'm going to read this and hope and pray that this is it. Believe me, dear woman, the time has come when you will worship the Father, neither on a mountain nor in Jerusalem, but in your heart. This is Jesus. No big deal. Your people don't really know the one they worship, but we Jews worship out of experience, for it's from the Jews that salvation is available. From now on, worshiping the Father will not be a matter of the right place, but with a right heart. Mm -hmm. For God is a spirit, and he longs to have sincere worshipers who adore him in the realm of the spirit and in truth." 
I love that. Um, the fact that like, it's not and or, or it's a matter of, he literally said in spirit and in truth. And so like, that's why we talk about the Holy spirit constantly. You were given him as a gift to then have him indwell inside of you. Mm -hmm. But then too, you have to worship out of a place of knowing the truth. So Mm -hmm. as you rehearse the truth, it starts to envelop and take over your life and take over your mind. And it's to captivate and hide that word in your heart. So then it's an expression as you worship being an artist, you're in that place to express. It's literally a gift to be able to create, to be able to develop, to be able to dance, to be able to sing. It's our form of expression. And so like, if we're not worshiping in our craft and in spirit and in truth, then we're off kiltered. You can't have one or the other. You need both. Yeah. That's so good. That's funny. I was earlier, I was, when y'all were talking about something and things were coming to mind, I had pulled up John, that same verse. So when you pulled it up, so ain't God good. Yeah. Mm. And it just like, it reminded me kind of as we like wrap up, like I just kept asking God, like who, who didn't do a perfect job, but who like tried, like who tried to be a worshiper who like, knew that he probably abused the gift, knew that like I could connect with him and like he could feel for me and everything like that. Like on the side of like, I I remember being like so awestruck of the fact of like, man, I really did a number. And then almost to the point where like, again, I attest to the fact of like, I never thought I would be able to come back. And like after five years of not being able to do anything, then the Lord literally in, in, in the quiet of a hotel room one night was like, I want you to go back in and audition. And I remember hearing that and being like, but you told me to lay this down, God. And I don't trust, I don't trust that I won't make this my life again. And he was like, but I trust you because I love you and you love me. And I was like, okay. And I remember what it was to take that platform. And it was that very summer that I met Craig and and Cassie. And I was able to stand on that stage. And there was such a freedom that Mm -hmm. I had never experienced before. And it really was a place of like, it, it ties with what David attested. He was an incredible, like made a lot of mistakes, but at least at the root of what he was, he was a true worshiper, a man mm-hmm. after God's own heart. Psalms 86, yeah. 11, teach me more about you, how you work, how you move so that I can walk around a uh, walk onward in your truth until everything within me brings honor to your name. Hear that Amen. until everything within me brings honor to your name. Psalms 4, 145, 18 through 20. You draw near to those who call out to you. Listen closely, especially when their hearts are true. Every godly one receives even more than what they ask for. For you hear what their hearts really long for, and you bring them your saving strength. God, you watch carefully over all your devoted lovers like a bodyguard, but you will destroy the ungodly. And I remember in the very beginning of us choosing the name of this podcast, And we talked about it hardcore where it was like, we wanted to choose rehearse the truth because we wanted to break the stigma of what the culture and the society brings on, which is like to be in a space of rehearsal, repetition, repetition, you, you're devoted, you're devoted. And we kept thinking, what if we were as, as devoted as we are to the craft? What if we were just as devoted to 
what it was to be a disciple and an ambassador. And so in this very thing where it says you are, you are watch carefully, God watches carefully over all your devoted lovers, like a bodyguard, but he will destroy the ungodly. And I believe today, right before we got on, we asked that God would break down the very idols in your life that are taking precedence over the one true God and the one person who could only be the person that we worship. And so like today, I know you could feel like, but like, just come with repentance, just come with repentance and come to the point of calling out to your father, the very one that sees you, that knows you, that loves you in this moment and just ask for forgiveness because I'm a living testament of what it means to ask for forgiveness. And if you posture yourself and if you're willing to devote your life to him in time, Don't look for the time. Don't look for the timeline. Don't look for the opportunities. Just be devoted to him. And he'll just open up the doors Mm. randomly to the point where he's like, you love me so much that I love you enough to allow you to do what the desires of your heart are. But like, I have to be the desire, Amy. And like, that's the only reason why you're getting to sit here today and listen to what we get to do is because of seasons where we were called out, <laughs> called yep. out of the darkness and brought into the light. And now we got to go Amen. tell of what he did. So like it can happen for you. It's not saying that he cannot do this for you. We're living testaments and you, you deserve this. You deserve what it means to stand in a place of freedom and, and to completely be an absolute utter of expression and you don't even know what it is yet, but I promise it's coming. Amen. So good. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I'm stirred. Um, you know, you're, what was it? What, John? Yeah, you were reading. Yeah. And um, worshiping in spirit and in truth, right? And uh, that's just something that you guys know, truth has always hit me. And and I and ultimately, I, I think truth is really the, the main motivation for me and, and, and David was talking about it, right? Like to give you all my worship. And mm. at the end of the day, I like, I really think that that's, that's like the ultimate motivation because he is the truth. He is the way, the truth and the life. And so, I mean, if he really is the truth, he's worth all our adoration. Amen. Right. Amen. He put the so very good. breath in our lungs. And so I'm brought to, to Jeremiah 33, three, and, and the Lord says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Like that's that product of spending that quality time, that quiet time, that alone time, surrendering it back to him. Yeah. And like, that excites me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Straight up. Like it should. And what he's revealed, like, yeah. oh, just hunger for truth. Yeah. I think that that's, I think that that's so good. And I think it's, I'm just feeling, like you said, stirred in this moment, but I'm also feeling like for those of you that are listening, kind of as we kind of begin to wrap this up, I think that there's a way, like, I'm feeling like there's people on the other side of that that are listening to this, who, if you feel like you've been so devoted to your craft that it has become an idol, I don't want you to hear what we're saying cause you to feel shame right now. Yeah, no. Because... Mm-hmm it's never too late to turn to God in repentance and and receive that forgiveness and and begin that healing journey and and remove that and and take that that was held on a pedestal above God, take that off and let God shatter it and put him up on the right place uh, of the pedestal in your heart. 
um, as he's the one who you adore and worship above it all. It's never too late. So I don't want you to hear what we're talking about today and, and feel shame. There can be a, a godly conviction that you feel and then immediately don't run to God in shame or don't or don't run away from God in shame, but turn to him and say, God, like, I have placed this as more important than you. I've been worshiping this yes. over you and, and come in repentance because you were talking about David and it, and it took me to, yes, as you were talking, I was like, yes, David, because David was a man after God's own heart, but also he did not come without a, a long list of sins and wrongdoings that he did in his life. But the yeah. key to his heart and the key to his life is yes, he did some awful, terrible things, but his heart was always true repentance and turning repentance is turning mm-hmm. from something completely and turning to God and giving it to God and like saying, God, mm-hmm. I receive your forgiveness and, and, and saying, I, I no longer turn to those things as the, as the source of my satisfaction or what I'm going to run to. I'm going to run to you instead as the Lord of my life. But something that it took me to was um, Psalm 51 after David had um, yep. had the affair with Bathsheba, uh, you know, and, and had her husband essentially murdered. Um, he, he was approached and called out and, and um, by Nathan, I think it was the prophet Nathan. Mm-hmm. And, and he was called out by, by this, this prophet that they were, they were in close relationship to, but he was called out and convicted. And then rather than becoming prideful or trying to come up with excuses, David immediately went to what he knew which was Psalms, which was song and, and worship and, and, and repentance and like poetry. This is what he turned to as, as he, as he faced, I've been, I've been, um, I, I've been called out and, and this has been brought to my attention that the wrongdoing that I've done, the idolatry, the worship, whatever I've turned to in place of God. And now I'm going to turn to worship and how I know how, and that's in repentance and how I know how, which is worship and songs. And so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but there's a verse in here that I think is so key and it's, and it's fairly well known, but it's so key. I'm going to read it from the new living translation and it's Psalm 51, 10 create in me a clean heart. O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. And I think that that's so key to what idolatry and worship is. Worship is, you know, right. Worship to God is a loyalty and a commitment to him and his truth and his heart. You're saying that God above anything else, you are worthy of my praise and worship because without you, I have nothing. And so whenever we start turning to other things as idols and we start turning to other things to worship and, you know, uh, and spend our time and our devotion to our loyalty has turned from God mm. to those other things. And it's in those other things that we start to place the weight and we start to place mm. our worth and we start to place all of our apples in this one thing and say, without this, I have nothing, but really, mm-hmm. and, and that's become an idol, but really all of those things should be in God. And so I, I just say that as, as we're, as we come to the close of this, that like guys that we would pray and that our prayers would be, God created me a clean heart and renew a loyal spirit within me that you would be the only one that I worship and that nothing else would compare to you and that nothing else would be above you or more priority um, or prioritized above you. So I was encouraged today in this. And so I I hope, we hope that you all were as well. Um, But I think we're going to, Yeah. Um, just again, I think that in one of these, um, I, we say it all the time, but like, don't, don't go real quick. Like, just Mm -hmm. like, don't run to class. Don't, um, break from the opportunity to be able to like take a deep breath in and a deep breath out and just be like, I'm so sorry, God. I'm so sorry that I would put you above anything else. And he's the only person that could have got you in that space to begin with. So, like, just take a breath today and allow him to speak over you. 
because you are so loved and needed. May the Lord bless you as you take your place as a warrior in the battle of reclaiming the arts for the kingdom. May you walk boldly as the masterpiece you were created to be, defined only by your Father's voice. May God's divine creativity flow through you as a reflection of your Maker. May pride, comparison, fear, pressure, insecurity, and all other footholds of evil in our industry be silenced by God's truth. May you encounter the heart of the Father, the love of a Savior, and the power of the Spirit in your life every day this week. You are seen, you are known, and you are loved. We'll see you guys next week.